Welcome, this is Dirt to Dollars, hosted by your local county extension agents, where we talk everything agriculture. Welcome back to another edition of Dirt to Dollars. It is the week of February the 22nd, and I am joined this week by my co-host, uh, long time, you know, no see, I guess last week we were all at home, but we're back in the office this week. Matt and Daniel, how are you all? Hey, good, good. What's going on? She uh, she just kind of jumped in there this week. Hey, we didn't, usually have a little argument about who's going to do the introduction, and Whitney's just ready to get, she grabbed the bull by the Mom is back, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we uh, last week was a little interesting for us in extension. I told uh, it was supposed to be my first week back from maternity leave, and I ended up working from home, and that was uh, interesting to say the least with a newborn. But I'm back at it in the office, and we're all not snowed in anymore. So it's now, all, now that it's 50 degrees, it's all water. <laughs> 50 dries 65. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It is nice. It's nice. I'm not looking forward to uh, what that does to sheep, though. Once oh. you get back in that temperature, you start to get worms and mm-hmm. all that fun stuff. So I ain't looking forward to that. Well, and the the mud, the six inches of mud or foot of mud that comes with it too. If you yeah, live around my yeah. parts, it's this is this is Kentucky mud week, right? Mm-hmm. I believe yes, it, is. it is. And unfortunately, I think there's another rain system coming in next week. So I think that that'll be interesting afterwards. Luckily, it's been breezy. I mean, some days this week have been breezy and sunny, mm-hmm. kind of warm. It's it's doing it's drying some stuff up, but it's still like walking on a sponge. Yeah, one of my farmers down in the flats that, well, I call it the flats down around um, Caneyville area said it's still a lot of water standing. So that was a lot of water. Yes, it was. It was. It could have been worse though, you know. And I think that this next week coming in, we'll have to watch it and see, but. It's supposed to be kind of spread out over several days, too, but I don't think it's going to help us at all. So, we're recovering from uh, all the snow and cold weather and, and got the mud. Have you all been hearing of many, many issues that happened in the in the cold weather last week? I know I saw, you saw on Facebook and stuff, a lot of pictures of cows and calves going through ponds i never remember seeing yes there was a lot of that that much during a cold weather spell and and i think a lot of this too is because we have a lot more farmers and people with with smartphones (laughs) so they've they've got access to a quick camera and 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 everything like that but yeah there was several videos of people uh rescuing uh Mm -hmm. cattle and like uh, dogs Mm -hmm. i know we had a few in the community that that lost some some animals you know that didn't get them out uh due to that but uh, yeah, there was a lot of that going on. And I think we had several, you know, uh, livestock deaths uh, just from mm-hmm. the cold and being outside and not even, you know, having anything to do with ponds too. Right. And I think FSA on that note, FSA was having a, there's a risk assessment and like livestock indemnity type program. If you've got, I think if you've, because of the weather situation, I think that if you contact them, there's maybe some, um, yeah, so program the money that you can maybe get back from that. So the livestock indemnity program, how that works is it's ongoing all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically how it's always been explained to me, how they want you to uh, handle signing up for that is as you have losses through the mm-hmm. year, whether it's calving losses or whatever, uh, go on and turn those in and report them because mm-hmm. you have to hit a certain percentage loss before you even qualify 
for a weather related loss. Right. So, so yeah, I guess go on, even if it was natural causes or whatever, go on and turn it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that way, if we do have a weather event, uh, you've they, already got those documented because they all have to be documented. And they need, and that means pictures, times they need, of when it happened. Yeah, they need yeah. a picture and the picture I believe has to have a time stamp on it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're taking it off of a smartphone, uh, I've seen people use, there's some apps that'll put a time stamp. Mm-hmm. on the phone some of the phones may do it themselves in the settings i don't know but uh but yeah you've got you have to have a uh a picture with a time stamp on it and then uh i think they need inventories and some things like that so if you had some losses especially during this cold weather uh i think it's a limited amount of time you've got to sign up so so probably go on and yeah, 72 hours is what it says, and you've got to do it in writing within 15 days is what I'm reading on their website. I don't know if that's the same or not. Yeah, but... so that that would mean, yeah, you've got to turn it in within 15 mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. Looks like there's also some tree assessment or tree assistance, too, because I know we had the ice before the snow, and I haven't heard a whole lot of damage with trees around our area. I don't think it was area. too bad. I don't think it was either. And and honestly, the ones that came down are the ones that we want down, like those <clears throat> ugly Bradford pears. I'm sorry. But. Yeah, well, even they didn't. I thought yeah. they had yeah. been bad, but they weren't. Now, I've had a few cherry trees on my property, and that's probably a good reminder that, you know, sometimes you can have some um, poisoning issues with those with certain mm-hmm. livestock. So if you had Yeah, those, but on, only if you've got leaves drought, on the tree. Yeah, in drought conditions. But if those limbs didn't break off all the way and they're just hanging – yeah. You know, if they right. split down, it's just to be, it could be in a situation where you might just keep yes. an eye on that and get those limbs out if you, if they're still connected. So since we haven't done this in a couple of weeks, we had all this mud. Can y'all think of any good country songs with mud? Mud on, on the tires. tires. No, every, but see that, okay, y'all, see, y'all, y'all did the, the obvious one first. Uh-huh. Are there any more? Because like, it seems like there should be. Uh-huh. And it's just like, you know, country and and doing farm work and you'd think there'd be more songs about mud we can name all kind of songs about rain right gary allen <laughs> but, oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but what about mud is i was trying to think of kenny chesney's song about she thinks my tractor's sexy does that have anything about That's mud on it anything uh, about mud i don't I know, think it talks think. about being in the mud God's country mentions muddy being on God. the muddy riverside. Uh, red dirt. Um, oh, yeah, but that's not bricks and don't. Yeah, I was gonna say. Hmm. I'm gonna have to come back to that one. I'm gonna have to. I've got it. one y'all will have never heard before. Try me. Truck got stuck by Core Blonde. <laughs> yeah, that's new to me. I don't. Yeah. I, don't know that one. I mean, I, I'm pretty versed, but I, that's my new one on me. He's Canadian. Look him up. Do you Canadian oh. country music? So is that a thing now? I was gonna say I've heard he's actually pretty country. good. Well, he he plays on a lot of the stuff that that cross Canadian Red Dirt rag- plays on. Oh, man, that makes me want to go what's, listen to him. What's cross Canadian ragweed? Oh, you never. That's not country. They're from Oklahoma. <laughs> just, yeah, no, but, but they sing that. What song? Uh, well, what song are they famous for? We're getting way off track here. <laughs> Whiskey Myers has a whole album called Mud. Yeah, oh, okay. and I like Whiskey Myers. He's on yeah, a lot of too. Yellowstone. Yeah. Yes. Episodes. That's going to have to be our first official dirt to what about, trip, and whenever he goes on tour, we're just going yes. To go what about it. what about dirt? What about dirt on my boots? Is that the same? And it's not mud. It's mm. dirt. Kicking it. Yeah. Alan Jackson, country boy, got my four wheel drive. 
on I the, known that. I guys. think it talks about mud in there. You know, yeah, man. I'm trying to think of anything else. You think there'd be something about mud on my boots or something like that, but I couldn't find anything. There is a song. It says here on Google, there's a song about from Neil McCoy. That's a throwback, if there <laughs> ever was one, um, called Got Mud. But I don't know. It must have been a deep track. I can't. I, can't. I don't know that yeah. one. No, me neither. Oh, well. It is what it is. Come on, country. Music. Make some, make some songs about mud. We have enough of it in farming. What's your favorite Neil McCoy song? Oh, gosh. Because there's a few... <laughs> Probably the one, and I can't think that it, he's got his beer goggles on. That's a pretty funny one. See, I like the music video. That was funny because <laughs> yeah. wasn't it like Deuce Bigelow? Wasn't it that yes. guy? <laughs> yeah. Billy's Let's got see. his beer goggles on. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> but uh, it's down between the shake and wink. So yes. like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. He was good. He was over, he was underrated. I like. Yeah. Him. I guess maybe we'll have to holler at Kale and see if he can put us a Neil McCoy song after we're oh, done yeah. today. <laughs> Since we couldn't find any real good mud songs. I know it. That's that's funny. We'll have to try that out. What in the world got us to Neil McCoy? <laughs> Who knows? Well, I know that now that we're kind of back in um in mud mode, you know, it's it would probably be a good idea to check out some of your, you know, make sure that you if you've got if you're having issues with it, now would be time to take notes if you're wanting to fix some things for later on, you know, and there's also grant money out there to being taken right now i know in my county we've got a cake going on that's finished up today so or which is wednesday we're recording on wednesday and uh, so good time to make notes to if you if you could give farmers one tip on how to handle mud like it was one valuable piece of information when it comes to mud control what what would you say and i think Ge mine go ahead i think you're going to say what i was going to say geotextile fabric and rock and, and I think that's, I mean, that's a pretty simple way to put it. I mean, look at those areas and, yeah, put your fabric down and, and put your rock over top of it. And I don't care if you do it exactly by the book or not. If you do it wrong, it's still better than us. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. So, mm -hmm. but we do have resources available. Yeah. But that's just, yeah, if nothing else, make sure you put that fabric down. That's a that's and, a big thing. It, and if you're ever putting rock anywhere, put, make sure you put the fabric down a driveway well, or whatever. And cover the edges. <laughs> yes. But you, you end up you end up paying for the fabric whether you buy it or not because, yep. I mean, you're right. just going to come back and put more rock on top of and, it. And guess what? There's a whole podcast for that that we talked yes, about it. Yep. <laughs> so you can go back in the archives and look. This time of year, we're dealing with mud, but whenever we can and the ground firms up, we have a few other things we can tackle. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess we'll talk about the first one, uh, frost seeding. Yep. We tend to do that this time of year. Mm -hmm. Probably the other the other management issue will be buttercup. We'll get to that later if we yeah. have time. Right. Well, and I know that frost seeding is, I think the second phone call about got back in my office on Monday was about frost seeding and that is now a good time to do it. And typically in a, in a, you know, right now is, is a pretty good time to do that because we are having the temperature swings that are conducive to that. Um, we, you'd like it a little we, colder, I think. Yeah, yeah we typically but, would, but there's not really any freezing temperatures in the forecast. Yeah. Right. It's going to be and below rain. freezing, but I don't think it's going to be cold enough to freeze. freeze the ground. Well, and, and the rain coming in is what's telling is what I'm telling folks is you got to be careful of that because, you know, there's no sense in putting anything down unless... Yeah, if the rain's going to come and take it next week. Yeah, it's a hard rain. Yeah. 
my personal thoughts are if they're if you haven't gotten it done yet which i don't know how much good it would have done to have done it before all this weather but Mm -hmm. uh, unless we end up with a cold snap forecasted in here in the near future just Mm -hmm. plan on letting the ground shape up and either drill it or Mm -hmm. use a chain harrow or a drag or something and better plan on using something to incorporate it a little bit so speaking of the well i may still i may still take a chance with some clover seed because i i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of times where even if i'm going over the field with fertilizer buggy i might throw a little clover in there because those little round seeds will find their ways into some cracks it's not yeah i agree it's not the most efficient way to do it Mm -hmm. but if i just want to just want to take a chance at putting a little clover out there um, I'm probably going to spread some on on my place this week, but I know that it may not do really good, mm-hmm. and that's the one thing. You know, if you if we knew we were having freezing conditions, you would you would have a good chance of getting a decent stand. But now mm-hmm. you're just taking one of those risks where it's like, well, do I need to go get the drill to just thicken up my clover a little bit, or right. I just go out here and and take a chance and maybe it'll work. And if it doesn't, then well, then maybe I'll reassess it later. Mm-hmm. And I think some, you know, it seems like every year that we get these questions, farmers are just looking for something to put, you know, because it's a typical time of year and they want to make sure and it's kind of better safe than sorry, I guess, if you will. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that this year would be the greatest to do it, but yeah, like you Re- said, you may try it and see. Yeah, the recommended dates are uh, between February 1st and March 10th. Mm-hmm. And then I guess we also need to put in there that, that if you're if you're drilling or broadcasting either one, make sure you're using certified seed if possible. Mm-hmm. Um, check those germination percentages. You want to use good, high-quality seed. And if you need uh, uh, research um, recommendations, we have those at the office about which yeah. which clovers do well uh, over time in different settings. So. And those have there's been a lot of research done. It seems like in the last ten years they've come up with with quite a bit of variation on good seed. So hit us up for it. If you know what about what about grass seed, you get questions about people wanting to do that. You better get it done quick. Yeah, yeah. I don't, and I would not recommend it. I don't recommend it. People every now and then you'll hear a story about somebody. Oh, well, I just threw some grass seed over some over the ground, and I got a heck of a stand. And you may hear that every now and then. And I, I don't recommend it. I'll no, throw a little bit of a caveat out there. If it's just a spot or you're trying to fix some waterways or you've got a spot Mm -hmm. where you did some dozer work last winter or something like that, then it's probably worth going on and trying. But as far as going out and as far as going out and planting a 50 acre hay field, I think I'd wait. Yeah. Yeah, Because in those situations you have bare ground, like you have, you're going to have some contact Mm -hmm. um, in a lot of those situations, Mm -hmm. but a lot of it's just the physical properties of the seed, you know, if you think you're going to throw some orchard grass or fescue, that those seeds aren't going to find their ways into nooks and crannies. They're going to sit on top of the ground or probably on top of the grass in a lot of situations yeah. if you've got it there. Whereas some of your clovers and maybe your lespedezas and things like that will bounce to the, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll make their way to the ground Yeah, and maybe have a, a swing and chance at, at doing something. Yeah, I always try to tell them to do it in the fall if they have the chance to. That's that's just typically what yeah, I tell if they're, them. If but they're if gonna, it's, yeah, drill it. You know, but in this time of year, I, you're going to have those questions because it starts warming up and people are like, oh, should I try to do that? And well, I tell I them think, a lot of times they're wasting their money. 
Yeah. Well, I think you get a lot of those. We get a lot of those questions too, because that's the way a lot of people used to do it for a yeah, long time. Absolutely. And, and even in their yard too. I mean, I well, get a lot yeah, of those. That's yeah. where, and that's kind of where my next thing was going to be was like, we're getting a lot of these questions from homeowners that probably grew up on or around a farm and, and just the way that we used to do it. But we don't really do it that way that much anymore. Right. So right. good, good learning opportunity and good time to tell people how to do it the right way. Another thing that we're looking at maybe sowing here in the next month or so anyway is alfalfa. Uh, that's going to be a little bit different than your clovers and grasses too. Uh, want to wait a little bit later to get that planted because it's a little more susceptible to, to frost than the clover is uh, and freeze damage. Uh, so I think we uh, typically say to hold off until after about March 15th to start planting that. And you can, I think, the books will say you can go to May 1st, but I'd like to see it wrapped up before the middle of April anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, well, and, and why, why, why you say that? Because it starts to get hot and dry. And, and if that plant doesn't have enough size to it, if you keep rain through the summer and you plant it the last week, of April, you're probably going to be okay. But if we were to get hot and dry and that, that alfalfa plants small and doesn't have a root system down, it's probably going to, going to die and, and just perish. But, would would weeds be a part of that too? That will too. they come on a little more? Be yeah. more they will, yeah, because it's a little warmer and a little quicker for them to germinate too. And I guess there in alfalfa, a lot of the same weed pressure is the same that is in other pastures too. I'm assuming. I don't know if yeah, uh, some. Okay. You deal with with a lot of grassy weeds and uh, mm -hmm. I know, stuff like lamb's quarters and uh, seems like curly dock. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and if you're doing a new Planting. stand, you may be thinking about <laughs> if you're working it up or if you're yeah drilling it, then you're going to have different weeds based That's on that too. That too, different, yeah. Different weed pressure, so kind of depends on the... And kind of an old standby we used to always use in spring seeding alfalfa is uh, putting some oats in as a, as a nurse crop. Uh, depending on what your goal is for that field, that's kind of a, that can be a good or a bad option, but Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you need the feed through the year because that spring seeded alfalfa crop's not going to produce the tonnage that a that a established crop would have, so that gets you a little more tonnage off that first cutting. If you if you need the feed and it can shade some weeds out and hold mm -hmm. the hold the soil and prevent erosion while it's getting established, uh, it does does limit your weed control because it's hard to get in and and do anything to. Uh, well, because it's a grass yeah, yeah. Wise, but. We're going to have to do an episode on alfalfa production, and we'll talk about the little rascals. So put that, yeah. put that yeah. on. <laughs> we'll put that on the calendar. We'll have a, we'll have a show on, uh, on alfalfa production. Would now be a good time to, you know, kind of discuss the whole buttercup though? Because I mean, I think now is when, here in the next few weeks, if it stays warm, we're going to start seeing the actual blooms i mean i think it's probably already growing if i'm yeah if not mistaken you better be if you had a chance to spray right now you better be doing it it's just pretty much if i think if we get one more day it's basically by the book the perfect time to spray mm -hmm. it because it'll be three days with with day temperatures over 50 degrees in a row because we're doing this on uh the show on the 24th wednesday mm -hmm. so we've had uh basically monday tuesday wednesday mm -hmm. where it's been was it, did it get in the fifties Monday? Yes, it, it did. It, it got it a 50 did. at my, in my place. I don't know about your all. So, so it's, that's, that buttercup is growing this week. And I, I bet mm -hmm. the way the forecast looks, it, it will be for the next few weeks. So yeah, mm -hmm. I think 
if you're uh, looking <laughs> at do getting it. getting on that you find a you find a day here in the next few weeks i'd do it yeah and always check uh, or follow the label recommendations there's some different um different formulations and and uh and and different products that are available that have different restrictions for pasture and mm-hmm. and things like that but we found that 24d does a pretty good job and uh, even and a lot of times at the lower rates of the of the range it'll do a if you catch job, it when right? you need to what was uh jd maybe i think he mentioned a pint even as, sometimes as lower rate as a pint uh can knock it out because it's super sensitive to 24d so anyway I'll and, the follow- good, and the good thing about uh that low rate of 24d is you know you found over the years of spraying some of this stuff that your white clover and ladina clover it'll it'll knock it back pretty good but it usually won't com- completely wipe that stand out so it so don't worry so much about your clover don't let a field get taken over by a buttercup because you're yeah. worried about killing your that's, clover. That's exactly what I've had people say. Well, what about my clover? And I'm like, well, you could either have a field full of buttercup or you could have a field full of clover. What, you know, you decide. <laughs> so, and they usually are saying, well, that you know, it, it's cost, it's better cost effective. You may lose a little bit of clover, but you're better off in the long run. I think if you, if you really think about it, the fields that have a lot of buttercup, they probably, probably don't, don't have, have a lot of much clover because right. there's not enough competition. There's not well, much there, of anything there. There's a lot of overgrazing, so therefore you're already going to have not as much of a stand. So, so that's, when you that's when idea. you spray, you need to get in there with some seed and thicken that stand up because that's yep. the next part of it. Because if you don't but, have a thick stand, you're just going to have your same problems again in a year or two. But you can't plant clover, right? You behind can't that? plant anything behind 24d for pretty much for 30 days okay that's so yeah check your label. that gets back to checking your labels right uh and seeing what it says on reseeding but so probably right now if you're looking at spraying in the next two or three weeks Mm -hmm. you're probably looking at coming in this fall and reseeding something which is the best time anyway so yep and you'll get out (laughs) and you'll and some of the things we've seen is uh, if you spray this time of year and you're knocking those broadleaf weeds out, uh, even if you don't have a stand of, you know, your cool season grasses or clover, you'll probably get some volunteer crabgrass and some stuff like that to come in and, and fill those gaps that can actually be pretty good grazing resources through the year if you manage them right. Uh, jumping right back into uh, alfalfa just real quick, we we missed the whole reason I was bringing that up. Uh, we do have a lot of people start to ask about the Kentucky Alfalfa Conference this time of year. That's something that's been going on several years. Uh, I think this is this is the, actually the 40th annual Alfalfa Conference. Uh, so that's been going on a long time. But it is virtual like most things this year. Uh, it'll be March 2nd third and fourth uh in the evenings i think they're running about an hour one to two hours every evening uh for that program so something you can enjoy yeah two hours an evening uh from six to eight central time something you can enjoy from your house uh you won't have to have to miss it because of covid this year uh probably was the last big extension meeting we had mm-hmm. last year before covid hit but mm-hmm. so i know it was here at the hardin county extension office it's kind of hard to believe it's already been a year yeah that all of that yeah Whew. before we talk about been. before we talk about another event that's upcoming we need to touch mm-hmm. on something that we talked about last week whitney Uh-oh. you kind of mentioned casually that you named your daughter after a hill 
<laughs> I grew up on Caroline Street. Okay. okay. And I, where I grew up on Caroline Street, which is in the middle of, um, you know, a small town. And we lived on top of the hill of that street because the hill, you know, goes down both sides and we lived on top of that hill. And so my dad always just referred to it as Caroline Hill. And so that's, you know, she's Caroline. So technically, Carol, that's where Caroline Hill came from. So, but I also named and my husband and I, when we had our son Jackson, he loves Alan Jackson. So that's partly the reason why he's named Jackson. So, but it was really a popular name too. We're finding out because <laughs> he's got three Jacksons in his class. So. so Daniel, we both have children with names that aren't exactly conventional. Yeah, probably. You want to share where yours came from? I've never heard this story before. So, Lindley is my daughter's name, mm -hmm. and she's named after the football player Trevard Lindley. Yes, I'm just huh. kidding. She's not. But he, <laughs> but he had a, but he was a very good football player and had a really good interception that helped us beat Georgia when I was in college, mm -hmm. and I always remembered his name. But I joke with my wife that, 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 that that's why we chose that name. But we were looking at uh, names. I had a, a great granddad named Oki. And I always thought that was a really cool name. I really like that name. That is pretty cool. Just O-A-K-I-E. It's really, mm -hmm. it's a really great man. And um, But anyway, I always liked it and I wanted to use it somehow. And we couldn't really use it with the girl too much, but we got to looking at tree inspired names. And then we was like, Lindley was one of those mm -hmm. kind of like a Linden tree, mm -hmm. just a play mm -hmm. on that. So anyway, we liked, um, we liked that name and decided to, to use that. We kind of liked how it sounded and, and flowed. Um, and then my son's name is Caden, and uh, I don't know. I think we just chose that name because it sounded good, and he kept uh, <laughs> his middle name was a family kind of a family name, and then mm -hmm. uh, but the initials were CEC, and that's obviously County for extension nerd, council that or <laughs> that's, yeah, Caroline yeah. exchange, exchange capacity. capacity. So mm -hmm. that was just a little nod nice. to being an ag nerd. Yeah, I have a CEC too. Caroline is Caroline. And her middle name starts with an E, so it's CEC. And then um, Silas is actually his his root name is is Man of the Woods. So I thought that was really interesting. And then he's got a fa his middle name is a family name. So nice, yeah. Silas <laughs> is a biblical name too, right? It is, and well, and that's that's the that's the original intent of the name. But when I got back to looking to the root word, it is it's a it's a man of the woods or a natural or you know timber man of the forest kind of. Um, nomenclature so i thought that was kind of neat all right matt what about yours yeah so our daughter's name is andalina try mm -hmm. finding that on a keychain somewhere <laughs> <laughs> she probably will not have somebody in her class named that but uh it's not really all that odd where we found it it actually came off andy griffith mm, uh, if any okay. of your andy griffith fans i think it may be one of the darlings or something mm -hmm. in one episode she's having a baby and andy delivers the baby in the house mm -hmm. because there's not a doctor around and it's a girl and they name the baby andalina after andy like griffith so like wife it. and i were watching as before we even got married i think uh we're watching that episode one day and that popped up and we both looked at each other and said if we ever have a little girl name's andalina so good <laughs> i like it I, I got to pick the girl name. Now, like I said, the boy names were kind of a little now, bit Those are hard. I'm if telling we, you, If we had had a boy, it wouldn't have had a name mm -hmm. before delivery, I don't think, because yeah. we could not settle on a boy name. Well, like I told you guys, we didn't, we hadn't determined a name 
of Silas until like right up until. So, you know, we, we thought y'all wanted we're, him to be like yeah, a Matthew we're, Daniel or, you we're, know, a Daniel. we're still disappointed <laughs> yeah, that we didn't um, get Matthew Daniel. Listen, there's a lot of folks having babies in extension right now. Those around us in our counties and some of us as coworkers. And so, you know, there's still hope. There's still hope for some of those. <laughs> so back on topic, yeah. what did, uh, have y'all heard about cow calf profitability conference? about what's going on with that. Cause we were trying to have these back when COVID first yeah. hit, it's been like a year ago almost. Yeah. And, uh, had to, I think, did they go virtual or did they just kind of postpone them? I think uh, last thing. year, yeah, did they go virtual with them last year? Yes, they did. did, they just, did. Cause they yeah. were right in the middle of them, mm-hmm. but it we was one it of was the like, few that was left. Yeah. But it was like when virtual was too new to everybody and we didn't really yeah. know how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't have as many participating. We were but newbies. It, it is virtual this year, though. Cow-Calf Profitability Conference looks like it's on March 23rd through the 25th. It's another evening program, so if you're sitting at home, you don't have to get out and um, deal with... Because, you know, sometimes we deal with the weather up into March, too, which is, you know, we've had some big weather then. But you can sit at home 7 to 9 Eastern, and it's going to be offered uh, at no cost and everything. But you do have to re- register in order to get that, that link to attend. And one thing I'll throw out here, just because this is a good format to get some feedback, we hear from you guys yeah. quite a bit. Uh, tell us what you think about these evening meetings. I have mixed feelings on them. I don't know. Are you too wore out by the time you get in the house at night to watch it? Or, you know, late March, it's still probably going to be daylight. You may be mm-hmm. out in a tractor seat or something, can pull it up on your phone. But uh, especially these virtual meetings, would you rather see them? in the evenings or during the day because it looks like we're probably going to stay this route at least at a limited capacity or have this as an option Mm -hmm. uh for a while anyway so let us know yeah there's there's some light at the end of the tunnel matt i know there is there is because and and we'll talk about these events as we get closer but i know we've all got some things that we're trying to schedule that are Mm -hmm. outside yes and uh hopefully we'll be able to do some things outside in the next few months and well and you talk about light at the end of the tunnel i had heard yesterday that i believe it was wisconsin last week had their first week since march that they had reported no new cases of covid (gasps) wow so it's getting better yeah well and i will say back on the on the the program that i was looking at the schedule and it looks like there's gonna have key profit drivers and control hay cost um, bale grazing and profitability of the cow herd and breeding stock and tax managing strategies. So there's going to be a, several different, you know, sessions that you can. Quite the variety. Attend. Yeah. So kind of covers everything. And you don't side. have to listen to all of it. Nope. You, like, you can do just like you do an in-person meeting and zone out. Nobody even has to see you. You, you yeah. can even take a nap and nobody ever know. But there may be some of those that you would like to attend and they may be on one night of it and. You know, you can sign up for it and listen to the ones that pertain to you. Yep, that is true. But if you have questions about it or want more information, just give one of us a call or one of your local extension agents because we've got the information and the information on registration for that. Heck, we might even put it in the podcast description. What kind of off off topic for a second, but it kind of relates to what we're doing a little bit in agriculture. But did any of you all get to watch the Mars rover landing last week? 
I did not. Well, I was home with my kids, so we watched it, you know, because it was an that was part of their educational for the day is to watch that. I watched the video like after I didn't watch it live, but I did see uh-huh. the video of when it landed down and mm-hmm. I don't know. It's I mean I did, I did see a picture of Marvin the Martian, you know, the Looney Tunes with a sign that said get off my lawn. Well, I'm just I'm thinking of it more I think what, of it, do y'all think that was real? No. Well, I think what it's cool about it is the fact that the engineering that goes along with it, you know, and how how so technical it had to be um and then you know how that could be there's got to be people that smart in agriculture too you know that that could help you know help e- e- continue so, to do that and then also is there going to be are they going to find water is there going to be are they going to be able to grow things on mars you know what's that what's that look like in the future so, we'll know in a decade yeah really. yeah i think so <laughs> just because of how long it takes to get that stuff back yeah yeah, a little bit of kind of along the same lines, but I heard a neat interview this week, uh, and something else we need to remember this week's FFA week. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. shout out to all our FFA teachers, ag teachers out there, and yep. the FFA program. I know Whitney and I were involved. Daniel, I think you were just a late bloomer, but yep. Hey, I'm an honorary <laughs> member. You're an honorary FFA member. There you go. See, but anyway, I'm, yeah. But anyway, so the the interview was with a guy who uh, he was a scientist that designed food and food packaging for outer space, and That's he cool. was a farm kid that grew up in FFA and went to college mm-hmm. and studied food science, and and he was the guy for for NASA that developed how they uh, how they packaged and uh, prepared and and kept food in outer space is pretty cool interview i mean it's gonna have to be part of it if if they're wanting to do what they're trying to do with put life on mars or whatever i mean agriculture is gonna have to play a very significant role in that so and i think we're starting to see these like large-scale greenhouses pop up around the country Mm -hmm. and uh, i mean you know we think of agriculture probably like you know corn and soybeans and cattle and sheep and and Mm -hmm. all this um well sheep's probably at the top of that list and then yeah corn and soybeans cattle so (laughs) (laughs) but the uh but i mean that's what it's gonna be like on mars or you know like if or on another area so it's kind of it'd be kind of neat to see a lot of that come full circle and see what new things we're doing here probably going to be the things that happen on wherever they go but Mm -hmm. i don't think we're going to see it in our lifetime i used to think we might but when they said it was going to take so long to get this information back from mars i i just don't i don't see them doing that in our lifetime Getting, yeah. a, getting a person on that planet no it's just interesting to watch it and is see, very though. neat mm-hmm. as a as a prior in my and as a child wanting to be an astronaut and wanting to do all of that kind of stuff i think i kind of find interest in it so oddly enough a lot of these movies like if you watch these movies about space travel they really mm-hmm. talk a lot about ag- like they they focus a lot of it on the crops and the and right. how they grow the stuffs I'm kind of a movie nerd and mm-hmm. uh, even like uh, the Martian or, or Mar, whatever it was that had Matt Damon in it. Yeah. The Martian. Yeah, something think, like that. Yeah. And it was a lot about, you know, growing the plants there and how he made it. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Right. That well, stuff didn't really happen. So I guess it's. Well, I was going to say inter- interstellar is the same way. I mean, he was a, an engineer for NASA and he was farming because they needed all these automatic combines to grow the corn in order to feed the people. So all kind of relating back to ag we some geeks y'all yeah. speak for yourself yeah <laughs> i can't help it yay science 
I used to want to be an engineer until I had to take math. <laughs> <laughs> like an engineer, engineer, or like a train conductor engineer. I could see you with a little hat and the overalls yeah. on. Yeah. No, I wanted to be an engineer, engineer. I wanted to build stuff. I, I got, I had a subscription to Popular Mechanics. Okay. Well, I will say. It, it didn't last a long time, but it was a well, phase. It was a phase. I, I will say that. I have an appreciation for engineering considering our new office being built and how intricate that has been for those folks that can do it. That's a, which, you know, farmers have to be engineers in certain avenues anyway. I mean, farmers have to be engineers to fight the engineers. If you've ever worked on a piece of farm equipment, don't get me started on engineers. Well, and that's the thing is you, I mean, I know a lot of my, a lot of my family, they can fix anything because they've had to figure out how to do it, you know. Well, since we've gone way down that rabbit hole there (laughs) of engineering, so let's get out of engineering. We've gone off topic too many times today. We got to get that in. I don't think people want to listen to us talk about nonsense, even though I think that's right. what most people listen to. Well, and, and honestly, I've been out so long. I feel like I could talk for hours, so I will spare you all. <laughs> but let's talk about some local programs that we've got coming up. Um, I know we've all discussed uh, private applicator training, mm-hmm. and uh, I think we have some dates coming up for that. Um, uh, LaRue County Farmers, if you're needing that, we're going to have uh, March 18th at nine o'clock in the morning and seven o'clock that night. It's just mark that down as pesticide day. We got two, two training opportunities that day. If you need that application, try to get in on those days. What about you all? Yeah. So in Hardin County, if you're listening to this, you've already missed the first one. It was, uh, February 25th. Uh, we'll have one that'll be virtual only on March the 3rd. So call in to the office or email me if you need the link to that. Uh, because that's the only only option for it. And then we'll have another in-person on March the 8th. And another virtual on March the 10th again. So uh, just either one of those, make sure you call into the office because we're trying to get a handle on numbers coming in so we can be sure... Uh, we're spaced out like the guidelines say we have to be. Yeah. Uh, and for sure, if you're going to do the virtual one, call in because we have to have your name to be able to send you the the link to uh, to sign into that. So. Well, and mine's mine's kind of the same way. Mine are a little later than your all's, but uh, mine is March, and this is pending approval because you know right now we have to approve these things before we can. Uh, get them out but if i get approval it'll be march the 9th will be a virtual one and then march 19th will be a in person in the morning from 9 to 11 so you'll you'll get it approved yeah they'll approve those yeah and yeah and i I guess i didn't say it but yeah the larue counties are zoom too they're in person or zoom either one but they will be on that one day um, what about BQCA? We got some news on BQCA, uh, which if you're not familiar is beef quality and care assurance training. There's no fee for that right now. So they've yeah, got it. Looks some, like the Livestock Marketing Association chipped in some money. It looks to, like them uh, and, and the Beef Council, right? Yeah. Yeah. To cover those fees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's starting uh, March 1st. And uh, so on the heels of that, uh, I know we have a few people that are CAPE 
uh, approved for CAPE that may be mm -hmm. doing some large animal investments, and you do have to have that BQCA number for that. Uh, LaRue County, we've got a training opportunity on Thursday, March 4th at 5.30, and also Friday, March 5th at 9 a.m. If uh, For LaRue County folks, you can also Zoom that, too, if you're not comfortable coming in. Just mm -hmm. got to give us a call and let us know, and we can get you signed up. Once again, I'll have trainings <laughs> when I get them approved. <laughs> so they'll be in March and, and early April, though. <laughs> so we had to we had to mute the podcast there for a second we got in an off-air argument and are back now sorry for the sorry discussion. for that nobody discussion. nobody it wasn't an argument nobody will ever no, know it wasn't. it wasn't an argument nobody will ever know out there what we really discussed this Dan, thing, but uh -uh. daniel only threw a chair across his office that's yes that's it was just one he was adamant chair. about it yeah no <laughs> and i'm still i was right like he thinks he's right. He thinks he he's right, but we will know. We will find out. Yeah, we'll anything. know next week. I'm gonna find out, and we'll know next week whether whether Whitney or Daniel was right. But but one thing we can all agree on is that uh, if you want to listen to Dirt to Dollars, uh -huh. you can find it online by googling Dirt to Dollars yeah. podcast, and it'll be the first thing that comes up. You can find yep. it on Apple Podcasts, like that. Spotify, Google Podcasts, all those fun things where you can listen to podcasts. We're probably there. And yep. uh, we're also on Abe 93.7. Kale, if you're listening, throw on some Neil McCoy for us. It'd be <laughs> all right. What else? Y'all got anything else or are we done? Like, I don't, I don't have anything else. I'm still, still trying to get back to normal. So holler at me if you need me. All right. Well, y'all keep your, keep your boots dry and we'll see you next week. All right. See you guys.